Welcome to Leather Brands, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leather Brains. As always, I am your host, Slapdog. Today is June 28th. We are almost to the end of the month. Congratulations. We have made it over halfway through 2022. As always, I am joined here today by Scott Del Rey. That rhymed. I did that on purpose. Did you like it? Did you did it flow well? Give me your honest answer. Yes, I am here now. Every single time we do this, I am more and more impressed by your expertise in broadcasting, the art of broadcasting. Wow. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. Um, if this is your first time here, welcome aboard to Leather Brains. If you make it to the end of the episode, you actually get a very cool title, uh, and it, that is a Brainiac. So um, welcome aboard. If this is your first time here, like I said, we're going to go over the news today. Today, we're also going to go over uh, some of the the handcuffs, the running back handcuffs, kind of um, some projections for what we like for their ADP, where they're being drafted at, and some of the top prospects for late round running back handcuffs, as well as, of course, the questions from our Brainiac community. So without further ado, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. All right, kicking off our unsolicited news with a Z. We have uh, information that Texans wide receiver Nico Collins is supposedly making significant, a significant impression ahead of his second NFL season. Now, obviously, the Texans are not an offense that anyone is real excited about. But as we've talked about in the past, somebody's got to eat. Is it going to be Nico Collins? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I truly don't. I <clears throat> I know that at the end of last year, a lot of people were very, very excited uh, of obtaining Nico Collins. And like you just stated, somebody has to eat on that offense. So I like Nico Collins, but I do have some concern. And my concern is John Mechie uh, because they desperately needed another wide receiver. And now they actually have a, a decent wide receiver core. They've got Brandon Cooks, as always, and we've discussed him in, in length as far as he's He's always very severely underdrafted, and he always performs very, very well. Um, Brandon Cooks is going to be the number one in that offense. That is that is what he is, and he does very well at it. But with the addition of John Mechie, who's coming off of an ACL injury uh, following his uh, collegiate career with Alabama, he's going to be involved. He is very clearly going to to be a part of that offense. They, they drafted him early. He is a, a talented wide receiver, and, and coming back from his health when he is healthy – will be uh, featured in that offense. So I I really don't know how I view Nico Collins. I'm certainly not buying him um, at a premium. He's young. He's He is a good wide receiver, but I have concerns there as far as is John Mechie going to severely cut into that workload and become the wide receiver too. All right, kind of along the same vein here, there is word that Bill's wide receiver, Jamison Crowder, is supposedly impressing while he's competing for that slot receiver job in that offense. Now, of course, this is an explosive offense with a ton of weapons. Is Jamison Crowder someone that anybody should be looking at? Uh, <clears throat> no. Oh, well, no. I Look, uh, here's the thing with Jamison Crowder, and you might be able to argue that, um, <clears throat> that it was – possibly him being with the Jets, but he really wasn't that effective, you know? And so when I look at that Bills offense, yes, you are absolutely correct. That offense is explosive. It is it is an exciting offense. Josh Allen is a, a wonder at quarterback, but um, it's the position is already solidified in my mind is you have Stephon Diggs, who is easily and unarguably the wide receiver one in that offense, no doubt. The next person who I, I truly believe is the wide receiver too is Gabriel Davis. And we saw him at the end of last year in terms of fantasy football. He exploded. He had one game. He had like four touchdowns. He was it it was incredible. But he is talented. And he he proved him he's proven himself to be able to be a complimentary wide receiver to Stephon Diggs. And then they went and got Jamison Crowder. They didn't do anything in the offseason other than get Jamison Crowder. They didn't draft a rookie wide receiver. They didn't go get a big name and 
Jamison Crowder's ADP right now is he's ranked 223rd overall in the ADP. So I'm not necessarily excited for him. Like I said, I, I he didn't do much really to impress me uh, with with the Jets. He's an older wide receiver. I think he's just a complimentary wide receiver three that maybe has some best ball value, but he's certainly not someone that I'm reaching for. All right. Now we are being told by our insider, uh, you know, our insider sources in the NFL. Yeah, we, we don't we don't divulge yes, who those no. people. Are. If you uh, if you would like to be a source, you can reach out to us with uh, total anonymity. But uh, anyway, they have told me personally via text message that rookie tight end, oh god, uh, Chico Chicozim Akonkwo is showing versatility by lining up quote unquote all over formations like he did at Maryland. And Akonkwo uh, caught 52 passes for 447 yards and five touchdowns his senior season in a an NFL that is currently starved for tight ends that are reliable. Is this rookie someone that people need to take a second look at? No. No. I, I, the Titans offense right now, obviously they... You know, Traylon Burks is who they went and they got. They traded away A.J. Brown um, to get Traylon Burks. And so barring him maybe losing some weight and getting in shape will be their wide receiver one. Uh, then you have Billy Lumber. Robert Woods is your wide receiver too, followed by uh, Westbrook, Westbrook Akeen. Um, their tight end is Austin Hooper, and Austin Hooper is going to be the tight end one for them. Uh, maybe this guy will make a dent, but I just, I'm not reading into this very much. I I doesn't get me excited. The Titans do need to figure something out offensively uh, because they did get rid of uh, an elite wide receiver, and I I think that they're hoping that Burks will provide for them. But um, the Titans' offense is we all know it. It's Derrick Henry. That's who it is. And so I, I don't know. Maybe he'll be a pass blocking tight end. I just don't see any reason to even delve into that. And we are back. Sorry about that. Quick technical difficulty, but we made it back on track, keeping the podcast between the ditches. We're going to move on here to uh, uh, another tight end piece of news. Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger is reportedly taking first team reps during minicamp and is in the running for the starting job despite competing against veterans Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Akins. Again, with a tight end starved league, where do you rank Daniel Bellinger? Is he someone that we need to look at? Hmm. I I don't know. He I, maybe is a deep stash, but the the Giants offense in total is not something I'm interested in touching. Uh, I think Yeti and I have differing opinions on Saquon Barkley, but I, I'm not really interested in touching most of that offense. The only piece that I would maybe be interested in is Kadarius Tony, but um, I hope that the coaching improvements uh, with getting the Bills offensive coordinator as their head coach will help with that. But it's just risky right now, so I I don't know I I'm not really uh, I'm not taking a grab on any of the Giants players at this moment. All right, next up here, and tell me if I'm pronouncing this name wrong, which I'm sure I am. But 49ers wide receiver uh, is is it Juan? You think, or is it J Juan? Jawan? It is Jawan. Jawan Jennings displaying yes. chemistry with Trey Lance in the offseason. and last year he finished with 24 catches on 282 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, and he saw some more time toward the end of the season last year with some injuries in that offense. Is this someone that is on the up and up? I mean, he's a wide receiver three. Um, <clears throat> and so I, maybe he's a, a late round stash or um, I'm certainly not reaching for him. You've got Debo Samuel in that offense and we all, I don't even need to go down that avenue. Uh, but then you have Brandon Ayuk there as well, who is... Um, when he's on the field and they're actually utilizing him, he he's can be effective. So Juwan Jennings is what he is, and he's a wide receiver three. Now, who knows what that looks like? Uh, obviously, if Trey Lance coming into the mix is a, a new quarterback, maybe there will be some slight shift changes. But overall, I, I'm not really looking to, to grab him either. And we could <clears> rename <throat> this segment uh, a bunch of information that doesn't help anybody, <laughs> it sounds like. So that's good. You might be onto something there. But we do have some good news for uh, for Slapdog's army if he ever decides to uh, form one. Uh, because as you have stated, as you no have predicted, it, it looks like Mitch Trubisky is going to start uh, at, uh, at the quarterback position, at least in week one. Uh, Kenny Pickett is still only taking third-team reps as of now. 
Um, so this is something that you've been saying for a long time. Do you expect him to uh, be in that starting role for any length of time? I would like you to watch this. See this? Chef's kiss to Mitch Trubisky. Um, I feel like I'm probably the only person that's in Mitch's camp, but <laughs> I I don't know about that. I don't know if he's going to be in, in there long term, but they signed him to a two-year deal, and then they, they went and got Kenny Pickett. So um, obviously Kenny Pickett's going to be their guy down the road, but Mitch Trubisky could end up being something, and, and I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I, I don't, but... Uh, I kind of like Mitch Trubisky as I've stated many times before, and I do. Th- I I've said it very. You know, the, we're even talking about this. T- says that I've said this before. I do think Mitch Trubisky is not a horrible quarterback, and uh, and I do think he was going to start Week One, and, and very obviously, it sounds like that's probably going to be the case. Now, whether he continues to do that, I, I think solely depends on his performance. I, I think that's where it lies. If he comes out and starts kicking ass and and becomes a solidified quarterback for them then they have no reason to do anything else you know they're, they're gonna go with the hot hand now if if he comes in and he's not getting the job done and he's failing you know and not not performing for the first couple weeks i guarantee you conversations are going to be had you know should we just let Pickett uh take over and let him learn and, and get the feel for the nfl so i i i want to i my gut feeling is camp a where mitch trubisky um, he does do fairly well, and it's going to be a struggle for Kenny Pickett to to steal time from him. But uh, time will tell, I suppose. Mm. Is Mitch Trubisky a quarterback that you're drafting in redraft leagues, or does he fall into the streamer category? I, well, I'd probably say a streamer. I think there it really depends. Is it a super flex redraft league? Because... Um, if that's the case, then potentially, yeah, because he's he's falling very late, um, and that that is beneficial. That is completely beneficial because he's going to be a starting quarterback, and who knows um, when he will. I'm trying to look up right now where his current ADP is at, um, but he it's not going to be high because every, nobody 187 is his his ADP right now um, in a super flex league. So that's that's not not good but he's going to be a starting quarterback he is a mobile quarterback so he's able to move the ball around and and he doesn't have a terrible arm so he can throw the ball too um he's got a lot of weapons around him with claypool johnson and and naji and i as well as the muth uh so i i I like mitch i like mitch if i'm i'm not counting on him though and that's that's something that you have to understand is if this was a super flex league He's definitely a QB three with maybe some potential upside because of how far he's falling in ADP drafts. But it, it, you know, if this is a redraft league and you have very limited bench spots, I'm, I'm not stashing Mitch Trubisky. He would definitely be um, somebody I, I'm, I'm certainly keeping an eye on for the first couple of weeks to see how he's doing for fantasy football and how he's playing to see if he's going to continue to stay on the field. And he might be worth a, a stash, you know, week three or four and kind of if he's hitting it every week, then yeah maybe argue for that but no I, i'm not in a redraft league with limited space i'm, I'm probably not going to grab him mm. all right and that rounds off the unsolicited news for today okay perfect well we are going to move on to the top uh running back handcuff options so um let's get into it That was very exciting. Are, do you are you excited, Scotty? Um, yes, I I'm, am. A full I'm juiced mass. up in all the right ways. Mm, yes, you, if you my pants my got shirt. a little shorter, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. So there is six running backs today that I, I kind of want to um, touch on. You know, we're not, we don't have to go too crazy in depth on it, but um, these are some handcuff options that I like. And um, just kind of want to delve into them a little bit more, bring them to the fantasy football attention and discuss them. So the first running back that I want to talk about today is A.J. Dillon. He is the uh, handcuff option to Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. I like A.J. Dillon. Um, I, I think we've had a, an, on an episode, we actually had quite a bit of conversation about him and his ADP and um, where we, you know what we thought about him preliminarily uh, this upcoming season. I think A.J. Dillon's a pretty good uh, handcuff to have. Aaron Jones, 
last year got hurt and he played in 15 out of out of 17 games so he was out for two games but um Aaron Jones isn't getting any younger okay and AJ Dillon played all 17 games and finished running back 21 so Aaron Jones realistically is is one injury away from AJ Dillon becoming completely relevant and and being the guy in that offense and I, and I think that they're going to have to I think both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to have to be more of a focal point in that Green Bay offense with the departure of uh, Devontae Adams. I, I, I think that that has to happen. I think they will be more involved in the passing game. I think they will be more involved running the ball because they don't have a lot of options. The Packers offense, uh, Alan Lazard does not excite me. <clears throat> Sammy Watkins, at one point in time in my life, excited me. That has that has that has been gone. He has not played a healthy season of NFL football in the last two years. He was with the Chiefs. He was injured. Ravens injured, uh, and so it. I don't get excited for that. And the Packers organization is going to need somebody to make plays. And and they went and they got the the rookie um, whose name is currently escaping me. Wilkins. I can't remember. Um, but it's it, I don't know. It's it's not something that. I'm I, but they have a great quarterback. You know, they they have one of the best quarterbacks, and they have Randall Cobb. I'm sorry. So the Christian Watson is the receiver that I'm thinking of. So, there Randall Cobb is an old man, who Aaron Rodgers threw his wiener around on the desk in the Packers staff room, and he said, "Go get me. I want I want my receiver back." So they went and they traded for him for the Texans, and they didn't have to pay much because Randall Cobb is an old wide receiver, and him and and Aaron Rodgers are friends. But Randall Cobb is 31 years old. So there's not a lot of, of talent in the wide receiver position. And I think they're going to lean heavily on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And like I said, Aaron Jones is getting older. He, has, he, he missed two games last year. And he could very well miss even more games this year. So I'm excited for A.J. Dillon. His ADP is, like I said, it's 80 right now. So it's not, it's still pretty high. And I think that's because I think he's going to be a focal point. Now, I'm not reaching for A.J. Dillon. Currently, some of the people that are around him who I think are have a little bit better projection right now, and it's a fair assumption, Elijah Mitchell is ranked 77th, James Conner 73. I like those guys quite a bit. So I, I just wanted to touch on A.J. Dillon. I, I think he's in a, a pretty favorable situation and is a wonderful handcuff, I believe, to own. So, it, yeah. Go ahead. Well, just the one thing I want to emphasize, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, you sort of have to thread the needle with A.J. Dillon because there's no doubt that he is the best handcuff, op- handcuff option uh, because he sees a lot of a lot of touches. I mean, he was, uh, I think he was 14th in yards after contact uh, per attempt last season, and that's directly behind Jones. Um, so he was someone who was effective when he's on the field. He's a good runner. Um, the problem is, is that you do, in order to acquire him, you do have to pass up on some other good options. And if, if Jones stays on the field, Dylan is going to be limited to that, that one B role, and he's not going to be able to move past that. But, uh, Jones has shown some sign of injury. And if that's the case, then Dylan is a smash play. Um, so it is a gamble. Um, you kind of have to play that by ear while you're drafting, I think, because you don't want to reach for him and miss out on some other guys who are going to be seeing the field. Definitely. Um, a lot, you know, more often, but, uh, but he would be a wonderful player to have, uh, on your, uh, uh, on your roster for sure. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> both of them are, were involved in the receiving game last year. You know, uh, Aaron Jones had 52 receptions and 391 yards and Dylan had 34 receptions and 313 yards. I could even see some two running back packages in which they're still involved in the air. I, I, I think that they're, they're not going to have a lot of choice as far as getting these guys in their playmakers' hands, and both those guys can get it done. So I like A.J. Dillon, and um, and I, I think that he could find himself carved into a pretty meaty role fairly early on. So the next running back here that I'd like to talk about is Tony Pollard, handcuffed for Zeke with the Cowboys. Tony Pollard finished last year's running back 29. He played in 15 games, and he averaged 8.2 fantasy points a game. Tony Pollard is somebody who <clears throat> I'm not 
incredibly excited about because I'm not excited about the offense in general. Uh, the O-line is aging. They have Their wide receiver, too, is not going to be back week one because he's injured. And so there, there's a lot of mystery involved with this team. There's a lot of age. There's a lot of things that scare me. I, Zeke scares the shit out of me. I, Zeke is... is I've not been high on Zeke in the last two years. He played last year with an injury and was he came he hit the thousand yard. He he finished last year with a thousand and two yards, so he barely cracked the thousand yards. And Tony Pollard is younger. Last year he looked like a much better runner than Zeke. Um and I mean he he finished with seven hundred and nineteen yards rushing. So I kind of a similar situation to the the Packers. I think that they're going to have to get their running backs more involved and I see Zeke probably unfortunately I have a feeling that he's going to get hurt again this year because he's that seems to be his mantra is he, he doesn't play healthy and they're going to need somebody so Tony Pollard is is somebody who I'm I'm not necessarily reaching for at the 106 I doesn't get me excited I think there's some other better options um, even further down the list that I'm much more excited about uh, the next one being Kareem Hunt who is that he's right after Tony Pollard. He, his ADP right now is 111. I think that's insane. And that is something that I I, I would much rather have Kareem Hunt over Tony Pollard. Uh, he is the handcuff to Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt did not finish great last year. So Kareem Hunt, he finished overall as running back 46. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. But he only played in eight games. And... Then, you know, obviously injuries happen, but he has been electric every year before this. He has been an incredible handcuff. There have been multiple years where uh, you could use him and you could use him really. When he was with the Chiefs, he was inarguably a running back one and he, he had the stats to back it up. And then in the year 2020, he finished with 841 yards. In 16 games. So if Kareem Hunt can stay healthy, I think that's a slap in the face for the the 111. Now, obviously, you do have some injury concern there, but he's a great handcuff. And he's somebody who, even as a handcuff, you could still start him as an RB2 on a lot of weeks and, and see the productivity there. So I like Kareem Hunt a lot. I think that 111, if, if he falls to me even somewhere you know when i have the 10th round pick i would definitely consider kareem hunt as an as a great running back in redraft leagues understand that um as a backup there because i i think that you know nick chubb didn't play healthy either last year and if one of the if nick chubb goes down again hunt is very clearly a number two in that offense so well, i like and, kareem hunt quite a bit yeah in the first six weeks prior to his injury last season he was a top 10 running back he averaged 17 ppr fantasy points per game uh and that's just on 15 touches per game um, so he is someone who uh, definitely is an efficient running back uh, when he is on the field. And the other thing to consider, uh, I guess I don't know this off the top of my head. Did they re-sign him officially for this upcoming season? Uh, yes, I believe they did. I think he is okay. on a uh, – I'll pull that up right now to double-check that, but I'm fairly confident that they did. Yeah, because his original contract expired in 2023, um, which I think would make him – that might even give him more upside because if he ends up in an offense where he's able to touch the ball more regularly, um, that would make him uh, uh, make him a good option for Dynasty. But I wasn't sure if they re-signed him or not. No, they did not, actually. I, I take that back. This is his last contract year, and then he is a uh, free agent going into next yeah. year. So he's got potential. I mean, there's some risk associated with that, but he's got potential to maybe find a find a team that's willing to give him an even bigger role um, after seeing what he's been able to do while healthy. Um, so just something to consider moving forward. Obviously, it's a gamble either way. But uh, but a top 10 running back while he was healthy last year, if he's able to stay on the field and and stay healthy, I think he could be a, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So I like Kareem Hunt uh, quite a bit. The next running back that I'd like to discuss is James Robinson, who is the handcuff to uh, Travis Etienne for the Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson is somebody who came out of nowhere two years ago he was somebody who i if memory serves he walked on to the jaguars organization and i he was he was uh my waiver wire pickup of the year that year because i i needed a running back i grabbed him and he ended up finishing very very well um i think that that he got pretty screwed over with uh 
with Urban Meyer coming in. Um, and I, that is one of many reasons that I hate Urban Meyer now uh, because he, he hindered James Robinson a little bit. James Robinson this year finished as, as running back 25, so he was right out of that RB2 range, but he only played in 14 games, and then he got injured. And now it's it's going to be when does he come back? And that is the question that you have to ask yourself with James Robinson because um, – He's he's injured right now. I, th- I believe it was uh, it was his Achilles. So th- another one of those Achilles uh, injuries that usually end a running back's career. But then with you know Cam Akers came back and looked great, and then you've got Travis Etienne, who I also want to say was Achilles as well. Um, these guys need to eat like Wheaties or something, man. I don't know. Drink milk. I don't. What do you, what makes stronger muscles? Milk is bones. I don't know. I, I think an Achilles is a tendon, though. I don't know how right. to strengthen that. A, yeah. We need to call a doctor. Any All doctors. Right. We'll out get there, him on the know. phone. Yeah. Uh, we'll check with our medical team. So both these guys are coming off of an Achilles injury. They're both young guys. James Robinson was phenomenal in 2020. And uh, and now, you know, everybody's saying Travis Etienne is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the number one. He's going to be the successor and the the answer that this team needs. I just don't know. And and James Robinson at the at overall one forty one, something I'm definitely interested in because if if he comes back from this injury and looks like James Robinson of old, he's going to do well. And you hope maybe he'll leave the Jacksonville organization <laughs> and go find a better team. I like James Robinson, and that pick, don't hate it. So I, I hope that he, yeah. he recovers from his Achilles, and that's that's really where the risk is right now is how how is he recovering from his Achilles? Will he look like the same player that he did before? But you could make the same argument for Travis Etienne. Right. I, I'm more interested to see how the new coaching staff uses him because there's no question that after seeing what he was capable of doing last year that the, the uh, I don't know if this is a word, sparsity uh, with which he was used – uh, by by Urban Meyer and that coaching staff is uh, is a crime against football uh, because he saw I, I think he finished at what uh, running back twenty four something like that last year uh, and he his touches varied from game to game from twenty one touches to two touches um, so he was just all over the place totally inconsistent and now with ETN coming back it's really difficult to predict exactly what his uh, utilization is going to be. Um, we got a new coaching staff. We've got a new running back who has all the uh, all the hype right now. Um, so personally, he's someone I'm probably staying away from unless you're able to get him at a pretty low pick. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's reaching for him because there's a lot of injury concern and, and nobody knows. I own James Robinson in a dynasty league, and he's a, he's a stiff hold for me at this moment because I know nobody's going to pay a premium for him. And I really a whole lot of anything, you know, and for that reason, I'd rather hold him and see if that he can return to value as a, as a top tier running back. So if, if you own him in a dynasty league, that's my mentality is just kind of hold on to that ride and see what happens, because right now you're not going to get much for him anyway. You might as well wait it out and see how his situation progresses, because he is young. He's 23 years old right now. He's somebody who still has a career ahead of him pending that that Achilles injury. So. I like James Robinson there, and this could be the year where if you're in a in a your first year drafting dynasty team, him falling that far, that could be a gold mine for you in the next year or two, depending upon his health and his situation with the Jaguars. So we're gonna move on to the running back handcuff for the Denver Broncos. Mr. Melvin Gordon signed a one year deal with the Broncos. Everybody this offseason I think gave their gave up everything. They were doing some some backdoor deals. They were selling nude pics of their girlfriends. They were doing whatever they could get to to obtain Javante Williams because he was looking like the uh, the lead back, the workhorse for the Broncos. And then what did they do? One of the best things they could have done for me is is uh, re-sign Melvin Gordon and and disappoint all those Javante people. So. Um, truth be told, Javante Williams is a stud. I, I think he is going to uh, to be the RB1 there, but I think that they're going to use Melvin Gordon as a complimentary back to, to maybe alleviate some of those touches for Javante um, and make sure that he can stay healthy. And, and like I said, they signed a one-year deal with him, 
and he he did well last year. I mean, he was somebody who, if you did own Javante, you were kind of pissed off. But Melvin Gordon finished as as running back. Everything's slow here. Seventeen. He and Javante finished at eighteen. So they're neck and neck. I do think Javante finishes higher than Melvin Gordon this year, but barring injury, he's one one injury away from being the focal point of that offense, and his ADP is currently 148, and he is the farthest down on this running back list that I have here, and he's somebody that I think is still going to see some relevance uh, for fantasy football. So Yeah, at 148, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer for me. I, I want him on my team. Uh, you you definitely don't want to rely on him, but um, you know he's he's what twenty nine years old now. Um, he ranked eighth in the league in four Smith missed tackles, and he had two hundred and thirty one touches, which puts him at sixteenth in the league. Um, as someone who's sharing touches uh, on his team, you're talking about uh, a person who has a pretty decent floor uh, given the role that he's in and a lot of upside. Um, so I think that, uh, I, you know, he is one of those handcuffs that I, I would be excited about uh, at his current ADP, someone that I wouldn't hesitate pulling the trigger on. Yeah, yeah. And then we have one more here. And this guy, I want to premise, I do want to say, I have no freaking clue how I feel about him. I have no idea. I own him in a dynasty league, and I, I, I have no idea how I feel about him. It's Rashad Penny, who may or may not be the handcuff for... Uh, for the Seahawks, he was somebody who, at the end of the year, exploded. He was he he was the uh, if you grabbed him on the waiver wires, you probably won your um, won your fantasy football league because he's somebody who ended up killing it. He finished it at uh, running back thirty one. However, he only played in ten games because Chris Carson was the focal point for that offense. Rashad Penny has had injury issues his entire uh, career in the NFL. And that is, that is of a concern. However, it, they went and they got Kenneth Walker and by they, I mean the Seahawks and that's exciting. That is somebody who very well could be the, the, the running back one in that league. But Kenneth Walker's current, his current ADP is, is he's 50 overall. And that's exciting that they went and they, they got this guy pretty early on. So that kind of shows their hand that, they're expecting great things from him. But Rashad Penny, they they signed him to a one-year deal. They could use him. He could win the the week one role as the running yeah. back. My, my prediction and, for that, and this is kind of baseless, but my prediction is that you're going to see Rashad Penny get a lot of touches at the beginning of the season. And I think over the course of time, he's either going to get injured again uh, or they're just going to slowly phase him out and let the rookie take over. But if you're looking for production immediately – um, I don't think it's a bad move. I think that there's a very good chance uh, Rashad. We, we see sort of the last year Rashad Penny uh, in the first you know several weeks of the season. And I, I I tend to agree with that because I do think that eventually he will get injured. I think week one he will be the starter, but I, I agree with you. I think that he will slowly get phased out, probably due to injury, if I were to guess, because that team is not in a good spot right now with Drew Locke heading their heading their quarterback room. Um, that we know of at this point. Now, I'm still a believer that Baker Mayfield may end up there. We will see. I've been saying that for a long time, too. So we'll see. I But Rashad Penny is somebody who at, at 140 overall for ADP is, is uh, I would be willing to easily take him um, well before the, the 12th or 14th round. You know, if it's 12th round and he's still sitting there and I can get a guy who's going to be, he's like a flex player for the first couple of weeks that is a smash play because I, I think he's going to win the role week one. So we'll see, though. We will see. That's all I have for the handcuffs for running backs. So did you have anything else you'd like to add, or would you like to move on? No, let's let's move on to those questions from our Brainiac friends. All right, let's do it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! <laughs> All right, so our first question comes from Christopher Pear. He is a lovable brainiac, and he has this question. Um, he said that this, I assume this trade, yeah, this trade was sent to him on Sunday, and he's looking for some immediate advice from us. 
He's playing for 2023, so keep that in mind. And as of right now, he's got five, five <coughs> 2023 first-rounders and two 2024 first-rounders. So he's definitely playing for the rebuild. Um, he is sending in this trade, if he completes it, Davis Mills, Jacoby Myers, and a 2024 second, and he'd be receiving Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and George Pickens. I think I know what your thoughts are on this one, but go <laughs> ahead and tell us anyway. Uh yeah, you are correct. I'm assuming this is a super flex league. Um, and if that is the case, I am I'm not interested in owning Clyde Edwards Alaire. I've said that many a times. I'm not interested in it. I stake my I stake my pole firmly in the ground that I don't want to own Clyde Edwards Alaire. It is gonna be my favorite edition of Scotty's Army when Clyde Edwards Alaire is like a top fifteen <laughs> back this year. It's gonna be I'm amazing. Look- I hope he is. I do, but I'm not touching him. And if I if that's the case, and and I I lose fantasy football because I refuse to touch Clyde Edwards Alaire, then I will own it. I just I he doesn't pass the eye test for me. He's never really been the heavy hitting running back to replace Kareem Hunt when he left, and he, I I haven't seen it from him. I haven't. And then he got hurt this last year and and was in and out. And I I'm not excited about it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't think he's going to fit. I think he's going to get phased out. I really, truly do. And then you've got George Pickens, who is the wide receiver three in a Steelers offense with an unknown quarterback. Now, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky, but how long? What's that situation look like? I'm not super interested. So if this is a super flex league, I'm taking Davis Mills, Jacoby Myers in the 2024 second. Jacoby Myers, not necessarily excited about. Davis Mills, I'm hashtag Mills Mafia, baby. I like I like Davis Mills. He's somebody who they really didn't he didn't get a lot of media coverage as a rookie, but he did an okay job in an offense that was very very unproductive in a team that was very unproductive. They didn't replace him this last year, and instead they got him some weapons to maybe help him and develop him and see where he goes. They got John Mechie, they got Damian Pierce, Brandon Cooks is there. I don't know. And then Nico Collins, who we discussed earlier. Davis Mills is somebody who is not a bad QB2 in my mind. And if he can perform this year, I think think he could be there for a while. He could be that that organization's quarterback for a bit. And a 2024 second, I'm not interested in giving that up. Second rounders are still very, very valuable. And I'm not willing to trade Clyde Edwards or to get Clyde Edwards a layer for that. I just, I, I lean towards not doing that trade personally. All right, Christopher, you heard it here. Hit decline on that bitch. Next up, we have a question from DSAMP08. He is in a 12-team, two-tight end, super flex, PPR league, and he is in a win-now mode. Are you taking, which side of this trade are you taking? Travis Kelsey and a mid-2023 second, or Elijah Moore and a late 2023 first rounder? This really, this boils down to the fact that you said you were in a win now mode. And this is a two tight end super flex league. So tight ends are extremely valuable. And Travis Kelsey is, he's one of the best tight ends in the game. And and many people would say he is the best tight end in the game. But with the departure of Tyreek Hill, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And if and in a two tight end league where that it's positional scarcity and you have a top three tight end, you don't let him go if you're in a win now mode. So I'm keeping Kelsey in the in the 2023 second because you're in a win now mode and Kelsey's going to help you get there. I uh, I like the phrase you use, positional scarcity. Is that something you just coined right now on the air live for us? Yeah, I guess it was. I didn't really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, you should get a t-shirt that says that, positional scarcity. <laughs> All right. Maybe, anyway, maybe when we when the day we get an apparel, uh, apparel shop, we can swag make a shack. Oh, bro, like we're gonna that. get we're gonna get a swag shack. I'm gonna have all sorts of Scotty's <laughs> Army shit. I'm gonna personally oh, no. mail them to uh, Aaron Davis, and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna bet him. I'll probably bet him that who, what was what was the conversation or the argument that we had on Twitter that uh, it, Aaron Rodgers versus Rogers. who? I don't remember the. It, oh, it was uh uh. The uh, Jalen Hurts. Yes. Yeah, I want to make a bet with you, Aaron Davis. If Jalen Hurts outperforms Aaron Rodgers in the 2022 fantasy season, I will personally send you a Scotty's Army t-shirt 
that you have to wear and post it on social media. <laughs> Let me know I if like you that. accept. Yeah, just tweet us back. Let us know, Big D. All right, this question comes from Bill Campbell. Should I keep, should he keep, I should say, Mark Andrews or playoff Lenny? He can keep either guy and give up a fourth-round pick. I have the fifth, or he has the fifth overall pick, and he will be taking a running back. Should he try and lock up two top 12 running backs or lock up the number two tight end? Their ADPs are pretty close. Positional oh, scarcity. scarcity. Oh, at both. both positions. I assume that you threw that in his question to uh, to help him out there. He is torn. What is he going to do? I'm keeping Mark Andrews, man. I I uh, talk about positional scarcity. You're getting you have uh, the tight end spot is positional scarcity in and of itself. So if you can get a guy who's going to once again be a top three tight end in the league. You take that because that is a that is a positional advantage in fantasy football in which there is not a lot of those guys that you can put in that position and count on week in and week out to give you fantasy football points. You take it. You take it. You, playoff Lenny, and I like playoff Lenny, I do, but it if you already have the fifth overall pick and you can grab a running back there, and I, I don't know, I guess, what you're planning on doing um, or what the rest of your draft looks like, but I'm taking Mark Andrews. To get a fourth rounder for Mark Andrews, that's a no-brainer for me. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's that's what I'm taking on this one, Mr. Bill Campbell. Yeah, when I look back on previous fantasy football seasons and all the ways that I have lost and doomed myself based on the decisions that I made, um, not locking down a top-tier tight end is one of those things that you regret uh, because they make such a difference in this current market right now. So uh, 100% agree. If you're able to get one of those guys on your roster, the Travis Kelseys or the uh, Mark Andrews, uh, pull the trigger on them for sure. All right, this next yes. question comes from NV Spectre. Which late round tight TV end? Brand. It is. That's actually the TV that I have in my in my bedroom. It's about ten years old now, still going strong. So shout out to Hell Spectre. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, nope, no free ads. Sorry. Um, <laughs> which late round tight end are we targeting this year? There's a couple that kind of come to mind. Um, I guess it depends on how late I guess you're really thinking, but uh, Irv Smith is someone that comes to mind as a potential tight end uh, for the Vikings this year. Um, he is very clearly the tight end one in that offense. He's young. He just he uh, he got injured last year and really wasn't involved. So uh, he's somebody I, I like. Irv Smith is kind of that sleeper tight end that uh, may end up hitting and doing decently well. Um, Trey McBride, he's the rookie, uh, for the Cardinals. You know, they have Zach Ertz there right now, but Trey McBride could carve himself out a role barring, uh, injury or even otherwise they he might just find himself, um, becoming a focal point. I like Mike Gesicki as well. He's, uh, he's somebody who's, I mean, he is in that, I think he's right out of the top 10 for tight ends. But I like Mike Gesicki. I like I, I like his upside. He they franchise tagged him, which means they want to keep him around. They have done a lot to rejuvenate this offense, and their offensive coordinator was the same person who was once coaching uh, George Kittle. So while I don't think that, that George Kittle and Mike Gesicki are the exact same, um, there's an argument to be made there. And, and Gesicki lined up more as a receiver this last year than he did as a tight end. So. I like Mike Kosicki quite a bit, um, and I, I like those other two guys as well. Mm. Uh, David Njoku's another one. That that's exactly could. what I was just about to say. David Njoku, yeah. I, especially if they, if you know, the Browns win the luck lottery and uh, Deshaun Watson finds himself playing this season, uh, I think David Njoku's a good one to target. And I, I've talked Four about him in the extension. past. Yeah, I've talked about him in the past, that they pay the shit out of him, and they almost never <laughs> utilize him the way that they should. Uh, but the fact of the matter is is that he's still a usable tight end with a lot of upside, uh, especially with that new quarterback at that position. So um, he's someone definitely to keep an eye on, uh, if not this year, then next year. Yeah, and I, I there is one more, and then I'll move on here. Um, I don't mind Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry was kind of – he was the um, – the red zone target for Mac Jones, and he finished his tight end number eight this last year. He was somebody that um, he didn't do terrible. So, and he's he's pretty far down on the depth chart for tight ends. So he's somebody that I, I kind of like as well. All right, next question comes from McCrasta. McCrasta, that's it, I guess. Uh, he's in a twelve-team superflex PPR dynasty league. 
Are you taking Jalen Waddle or Debo? I think I can guess which way you're going. I think you might, but then I think you could be wrong. I mean, it's 50-50, flip a coin. Um, I think you think I'm going to say Jalen Waddle here, but I'm I I'm not. I'm going to say Debo. Mm, interesting. I'm going to say, and I look, I love Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle a lot uh, this offseason, but I do, and not that I have concerns, because I am a Jalen Waddle owner, and I love it. I love the fact that I have somebody that is young. He is talented. He was able to eat a lot last year and, and do well for that team, but there are some minimalistic slight concerns with him, and it being with the addition of Tyreek Hill, they now have a more complete running back room. Um in a new offensive coach those are things that i'm i'm i just there's a lot of unknown there you know and i i still think jalen waddle is going to be great but he's he's going to be more of a wide receiver too i think and debo is a wide receiver one he's a running back one he's a quarterback one he's a he's a safety one like he does everything for that team and um and i like debo he he he's a great player and he doesn't want to play with the 49ers anymore but he's still there He's still going to be heavily used in a lot of different roles, and he's going to produce for fantasy football. So you, there's an argument to be made on the other side, Debo being that he's got a new quarterback and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, can, is a little bit more mobile than Jimmy G. But that doesn't exclude the fact that Debo is a talent, and I, I think I would take Debo in that situation mm. over Jalen Waddle at this moment. Yeah, I can, I can honestly see arguments for both sides. I, I think the biggest thing is that there is so much uncertainty with both sides. Uh, with all, sure. all the new pieces being added on into Jalen Waddle's offense and around him, you don't know how much he's going to be seeing the ball. And then Debo with his new quarterback, um, and not only that, but we've heard some rumblings that they're going to try and use him a little bit less as a gadget player uh, because he wants to catch passes, not run the ball and throw the ball. Um, so I, I don't really know which way to go for certain. I think... I like, honestly, I like the upside on both of them because you're getting Jalen Waddle in an explosive new offense, um, you know, assuming that Tua can figure out how to play the game with all these pieces around him. Um, but you also like the upside of, of Trey Lance. You, you know, we all as football fans wish we saw more of him over the last year. And uh, we're all, honestly, we're still kind of assuming that he is going to be in that starting role this upcoming year because we haven't heard confirmation on that yet, but it seems to be the standard, uh, the standard thought. So for me, it's kind of a flip of the coin thing. I think I'd probably choose Jalen Waddle only because I want to be able to have a reason to watch that offense every single week. And that's fair. Right? Sometimes you got to make those decisions in fantasy football as far as what's going to get me interested in watching the game. Because I've done that before with fantasy football players. Too, and I like Jalen Waddle. I think this is truly kind of a flip of the coin argument. Um, but we, we shall agree to disagree on this one. All right, next question comes from Responsible Pay 4026. Would you rather, who would you rather have in a 12 team dynasty league? Are you taking Bateman, Elijah Moore, Jameson Williams, Godwin, or Judy if you had to pick one? Kiss, kiss. I. I don't know. I do not know. I I think I know who you're going to say. And I I want to agree with you. But there is some juicy people here on this board that make me really wonder. I, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and write off Elijah Moore. He's one that I'm going to scratch his name out in this list. I like Elijah Moore, but I don't know. They went and got another receiver in the draft, and I, I don't know. I, the Jets are not some. T it's very hard for me to just dive in and say I love the Jets. I love a player on the Jets because my mind has been trained to not touch a Jets player. And so, but he had some relevance last year. He got hurt, but they went and they added a new wide receiver. I just think that there's some other options here on the table that I like a little bit better. So I'm going to scratch off Elijah Moore. That leaves Bateman, Jamison Williams, Godwin, and Judy. I think the next player I'm going to scratch is Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin will not see the field for at least the first six weeks of this year due to injury, and he is slated to be in a contract uh, with the Buccaneers with a potential out in 2024, which means he's going to be on the Bucks until at least that moment. If Tom Brady retires for real after this year, 
he takes a significant downgrade at whatever quarterback he gets unless they make some sort of blockbuster trade, which I just don't see happening. So I have concerns down the road in a dynasty league with Godwin. I think Godwin is talented, but he's locked in with the Buccaneers until at least 2024 unless they trade him. And he's like I said, he's also going to be unusable for the first six weeks. So the, I, amongst all of that, I'm scratching Godwin. So that leaves Bateman, Jamison Williams, and Judy. The next person I think I'm going to scratch off is Jamison Williams. I don't like Jared Goff. I love Dan Campbell, but I don't like Jared Goff. And and I, I think Jamison Williams is an interesting play because he's a rookie wide receiver. They desperately needed wide receivers in that offense. They have Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Shark, and now Jamison Williams. Who's going to be the number one guy in that offense? I don't know. I lean towards perhaps DJ Shark, but it could be it. I, it's just a lot of unknown, and I don't like God or uh, Goff that much. So I'm going to scratch that off. So that leaves Rashad Bateman and Jerry Judy. Scotty, do you agree with me thus far? Uh, yes, those were definitely my final two contenders as well. Okay. Who are you taking? I think I know who you're taking. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely giving me a piece of that Jerry Judy faux shizzle. Um, he is in this new exciting offense. I want to get a piece of the Broncos offense this season. Um, I think it, you know, it's not a not a surefire thing, but I think it's a safe bet, um, and it's going to be fun to watch. So I uh, I like both those options. I think you're going to be happy with either of them. Uh, but Jerry Judy, with the addition of a top tier quarterback, I think has the potential to be a, a uh, maybe not a league winner, but certainly someone who uh, makes a huge impact on the fantasy roster. Okay, I'll do it. I, <laughs> Jerry Judy, there there is minimal concern because we don't know, like you mentioned, who's going to be the focal point in that off. Who's going to be the wide receiver one? Is it him or Cortland Sutton? And that's really the argument to be made there is which one of those two is going to be the guys. But to be honest with you, <clears throat> Russ supported both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They were both usable guys. So even if he is a wide receiver too, he's still got value for sure. Bateman looks nice. He really does. He They traded away Hollywood Brown. When they uh, drafted Bateman, they, they were he was supposed to be the wide receiver one in that offense. And Hollywood Brown still was pretty much the wide receiver one in that offense. And then they got rid of him. They didn't really do anything to replace him this offseason, which leaves big shoes for Bateman to fill. You know he's going to be that wide receiver one in that offense. I do have a little bit of concern. I said this last year. I said that this is a shit or get off the pot year for Lamar Jackson because he needs to be able to throw the ball. He needs to improve his throwing game. He's great at running the ball, but if he can't throw the ball, he's not going to be sustainable in the NFL because as you get older, you are not as mobile as you used to be. It's a, it's a simple fact of life. I'm living it every day. As you get older, you become less mobile. So you have to be able to throw the ball. And that is something that, to be honest with you, he did great with last year. I thought he, I, watching him play, I was like, man, he, he improved his throwing game quite a bit. But then he got hurt. So there's some concern there as well. Um, I think overall, I'm just going to take Judy. I think I'm going to do that. That was a very long, drawn-out question in which I think I'm just taking Judy because he's working with an elite, top-tier quarterback. He's proven he does great, and Lamar Jackson has all those things too, but Lamar Jackson has not supported a wide receiver in the way that um, Russell Wilson has. So I, I think I'm going to take Judy. Yeah, I think if you're looking at it from a fantasy – so if you're looking at it from an overall well-rounded player perspective – Russ is the better quarterback. If you're looking at it from a fantasy football production perspective, um, then Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback. Uh, but I think when you're picking wide receivers, you want to pick that well-rounded option, especially because what Russ, it's not like he's immobile, but he's not as mobile, obviously, which means he's more likely to sit in the pocket. He's more likely to keep his eyes downfield, ready to throw the ball um, rather than take off and run. Um, and not to mention he's proven over and over again, uh, you know, with the exception of a couple injury-prone seasons, uh, that he is a top-tier elite quarterback and someone who's capable of leading a team to victory. So I uh, I like the Broncos this year a lot, in spite of the fact that they're going to be playing Chiefs, the Chiefs all the time. But um, I do want a piece of that offense. Faux shizzle. Yeah, you take Judy. All right, next question comes from Dick Ferguson, which is a great, great name. name. Yeah. Great name. He is in a 10-team Superflex dynasty, dynasty trade. What's this mean? Okay, so this is a dynasty trade in a 10-team Superflex League, um, and you start 10 players. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I think that is correct. Okay. Are you taking JJ or Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks, and a late 2023 
first. Dude, that is just too much value. Justin Jefferson is an elite wide receiver, but that other side is just simply too juicy not to take. Like Deontay Johnson is still an elite wide receiver. Traylon Burks could end up being just as useful as AJ Brown was. And then you had a late 2023 first. This one's easy for me. I'm taking, taking the Johnson Burks in the first. Yeah. You know me, I'm all on board the JJ train. Uh, but I think you're right on this one. I think they, in this particular case, there's just too much value to pass up on, uh, especially with that 2023 first is just cherry on top with that draft class coming up next year. Um, so I agree with you. I'm taking the picks. All right, final question comes from Angry Irish Bull, which is, funnily enough, this nickname everyone gives me when I drink too much Jameson. Angry Irish Bull. He is in a Superflex. Do not let this guy in a Chinese shop. <laughs> Superflex Dynasty League, and he is a contending team. This is an interesting question as of now. Are you taking Deshaun Watson and a 2023 first or Trey Lance? You know, I asked this question on on uh, the Twitter. I, I asked people, I said, what are you doing with Deshaun Watson? Like, it, what what is everyone's mentality here? Are you, are you trading him? Are you trying to get him? Are you trying to get rid of him? What are you trying to do here? And, and most people were kind of out on Deshaun Watson. As a contending team in a super flex league, I think you have to take Trey Lance. Because the reality is, is right now, we don't know if Deshaun Watson is even going to play this year. Or... At what point he does play this year, whether that be a four-game suspension, an eight-game excuse me, an eight-game suspension, a ten, whatever it is, if he's not seeing the field, he's not useful for fantasy football. Bottom line, and if you're in a if you're a contender, Trey Lance is kind of nice. He's somebody who is a mobile guy, and we know that mobile quarterbacks are a very effective in fantasy football. And if he can throw the ball decently well, then he's going to be relevant in bottom line. He's going to see the field. And we, I, I guess we don't know that in finality, but I, I think it's pretty much all said and done. Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback this year. And I firmly believe that. So that's the mentality I have is Jimmy G, his time with the 49ers is up and it's going to be Trey Lance. So I'm taking Trey Lance. I, if you're a contending team, then I'm taking Trey Lance. I truly do hope that you've got some other options at quarterback right now because there is at least <laughs> a possibility that neither of these players are going to see the field uh, this year. So definitely come up with a backup plan here. But I think if you're betting on Deshaun Watson or Trey Lance, it certainly looks like Trey Lance has a much better opportunity to start. Let me ask you, does, this, does your answer change at all if this is not a super flex league? It's a one quarterback league. It's still a dynasty league. Still a dynasty league, one quarterback league. So essentially, what I'm what I'm getting at is that there are a lot more quarterback options on the board. You you might be able to stream some at this po at that point. Do you want to hold on to Trey Lance in hopes that he plays and is a is your QB one, or do you want to hold on to, to Deshaun Watson because you have the ability to stream somebody else and maybe hold on uh, to him until he uh, finally sees the field for an extended period of time? Well. Here's the thing is even if the so if this was a one quarterback league, somebody is using a bench spot for both of these players. So one person owns Deshaun Watson and they sat on their bench, and one person owned Trey Lance and they sat on their bench. So they're just because they're not on they're not on waivers. So very obviously they are they are owned players. Um if it was a one quarterback league, and that, that tells me right then and there that you have an, you have other quarterbacks, right? Because if Deshaun Watson is sitting on your bench or Trey Lance, you have a quarterback that you're currently using. If that's the case, I think I take Deshaun Watson in the 2023 first because what's the harm? You get a first round pick in next year's draft with the potential of then getting a top tier elite quarterback when, when he's on the field. So, uh, yeah, if this is a one-quarterback league, that tells me you already have other quarterbacks in place, and then I'm taking that 2023 first with Deshaun Watson. All right, one more hypothetical here because I'm, I'm, my mind is a turnip. I'm, I'm ready. All right, so let's say a decision comes down from the NFL. Deshaun Watson is going to be out for four games. Okay. Which side are you taking? And this is still the Superflex League then? Yes. So if he's out four games, ah, we haven't seen him play. You know, he's been out for a year. And and 
Fuck, Matt. Damn it. This is a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling here. I think I lean Deshaun Watson in the 2023 first. Because in, 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 don't get me wrong, I like the, the, the possibility of what Trey Lance could be. But I've seen what Deshaun Watson has been. And the legal allegations have sidelined him. Um, and he has not played in a year. But I've seen what he's capable of. And it's, it's greatness in terms of football. It, it, it is, he is a great top-tier running or quarterback because of his ability to not only run the ball but throw the ball very well. He is a good quarterback. So I, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson on that. He'll be out for four games, but if it's four games, you're looking, you know, you're looking for the whole season. And he is somebody who is a QB one that may be in your super flex position because you already have that QB one. So and you get a 2023 first next year. So if it comes down and he's only missing four games, I'm still taking Deshaun Watson in the first rounder. Do you know what the line would be to make you switch over to Trey Lance? Is it six games? Is it eight games? Is it five games? I think eight games is where I start to kind of question because that's that is half the season plus a game or minus a game. Um, that's where I kind of, especially as a contender, that's where you're going to hurt. So I guess if if like eight games is where I probably kind of maybe lean more towards Trey Lance because you've played half your fantasy football season at that point, and that's you you haven't been able to do anything with a player who's sat on your bench. So. Um, four weeks, not as concerned. If you get towards eight, like seven or eight weeks or whatever around that number, then I, I start maybe leaning the other direction. What if uh, the NFL comes down and says that Deshaun Watson, you can play, but you're not allowed to get massages ever again? You think he'll be the same no, player? I think that probably is for the best for everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that should already probably be in place by this point. Maybe he should only have male masseuse, mas, mas, messiahs. That, yes, that that yes, messiahs. That is, I believe, the correct terminology. Yeah, uh, I have no agreed. no idea though. Um, yeah, I think that he should probably stop uh, interacting with females in general for a while. Um, but yeah, I I that's a whole can of worms, my friend. Mm. I will say that in spite of all the allegations, Deshaun Watson. There's that video going around of him hanging out with Mia Khalifa, and uh, there is. yeah, he's he is a man um, who has a lot of great opportunities, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the video. I think at one point I actually sent the video to you, and we talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah, he is a man of opportunities. Maybe some he sees without <laughs> permission. I don't know. Uh, not we'll let the courts figure that out. Not good. But the courts can decide. You know what sucks too, and now we're just going on kind of a, uh, a Watson uh, tyrant slander. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tyrade, I think, is what you're going for. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, he was the first freaking like NFL player's jersey that I I I got as a gift because I really wasn't into the NFL until a couple years ago, um, and so I loved Deshaun Watson as a player. I thought he was a great dude. Got his jersey as a gift. I was like, this is awesome. And then this shit comes out, and I'm like, gosh, dang it, man. Like, I, I can't win. <laughs> I think, okay, so for reference, we are in a punishment redraft league with our friends, one that we talk about all the time. And I think yep. a hilarious punishment would be the person who loses next year has to go book a massage and wear the Deshaun Watson jersey <laughs> in, into, the, into the place. Uh, that might be. I, you know that I still I won last year and I haven't given out the punishment. Oh, who lost? Um, just give me the first name. JD. Oh, okay. So me and uh, me and Preston were talking about that. We couldn't remember who it was. The or maybe it was me and Yeti that were talking about it. Couldn't remember who lost. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that would be. <laughs> that would be. Well, I'm going to I'm I'm going to be visiting him this upcoming week, and I'm really going to try hard to get him to get a tattoo on his ass. So we'll mm. see. Okay, yeah, that's but, probably a better one because it's permanent, and we can laugh about it forever. But I think a yeah. close second might be the jersey idea. Although we have to be like, careful because we don't want we don't yeah. want some poor unassuming woman to think that she's about to be assaulted. Um, and uh, we maybe. But we should, he's a big guy too. Yeah, maybe like, we should let him know it's just a joke. You know, just in, yeah. clean, good, clean fun. 
Um, we can play from both angles where like we go there first and like tell him everything and have him like have get her start super offended. <laughs> have her start like, just crying when she walks yeah. in when he walks in. <laughs> oh, so many possibilities. I love it. Well keep tuning oh, in, you brainiacs, and we'll we'll let you know what kind of shenanigans ensue. Yeah, that's uh that is a good time. So, all right, that's all the questions we got this week. We're going to wrap this thing up. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said at the very beginning, if you have made it to the end, you are now an official Brainiac. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate all your guys' questions and uh, appreciate your guys' continued support. So go follow us over at Twitter on Leather Brains with a Z, of course. And uh, we got a good community of Brainiacs over there. We're always talking about fantasy football. It is a great time. That's all we have today, everybody. And we are...